Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Well, ladies and gents, we're in the final week of September as you listen to this. And we're covering news from the second to last week of September, as per as usual, here at Nick's Nerd News. I'm your host, Nick, if that wasn't already blatantly obvious by the title of the show. I mean, honestly, it'd be hilarious if my name wasn't Nick, though, wouldn't it? be pretty funny. But it's not. Because it's not. Because my name is Nick. So, it's just pretty straightforward, actually. But, but, let's just get right on to it. No messing around today, other than the fact that Batman Day was yesterday, and I I hope all of you celebrated in style. I, of course, forgot it was Batman Day and got stuck doing other things the whole day and saw Ad Astra, so we'll be talking about that at the end. I did, though, watch some Batman at night when I got home from everything. Watch some Batman animated series because that is one of the best interpretations of Batman out there today. And I just watched a few episodes just to get in that Batman spirit. I'm, I'm sure it's over by now, but the Epic Game Store on PC was giving away six Batman games for free, including the three Arkham games and the three Lego Batman games. I don't think that's still an option anymore. I'm pretty sure that was just... Oh, they're doing it through September 26th. So by the time you guys hear this, it, it will be over, but... That's what's happening. (laughs) And then, of course, a game I'm very excited for, Untitled Goose Game. I cannot wait to play that game where you play an asshole goose just fucking around with people. But anyway, anyway, let's get right into what's what's going on with, with the world. And we start, of course, with video games. And the COD Open Beta, Call of Duty Open Beta Modern Warfare was this weekend. I did get some rounds in. Uh, a little pissed that I didn't get to play it early because I, I did pre-order the game, so I don't know how that works anymore. But I uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I cannot wait for this game to come out. I'll be very, very, very happy to, to play it once it does. And uh, they, they kind of did like a, a free-for-all in, of game types, I should say. But uh, it was mostly, mostly Team Deathmatch. There was some domination thrown in there as well. Uh, sometimes it seems like some of the guns are a little overpowered, and it sem- seemed like I was playing uh, hardcore for a little while. But uh, I did get some some good some good rounds in. I got got to use some of the kill streaks to my advantage, and and calling in a UAV brings in brings in some awesome awesome memories. And and like I said, I cannot wait to get this game in my hand and and be able to play it. Because, oh man, I, I love Modern Warfare, the first one. And this one is a lot like, uh, it's a mix of 1 and 2, and that's a very good thing. Uh, the few maps I, I could could play, at least the, the few maps that I experienced in, in my short time with the game, were very well laid out. Uh, there didn't seem to be too many choke points. Granted, everyone was still kind of learning them as well. And they were they were easy to learn, for that matter, but... They came off as very well-designed multiplayer maps, and and I that alone keeps me excited for 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 the future. And we're about a month out from the release. Uh, it will release a month from Tuesday. Uh, it comes out on October 25th, if I'm not mistaken. But I'll I'll double check that now. Actually, yes, that releases on October 25th, uh, same day as The Outer Worlds. And uh, the next game, though, that I get is is Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon. Uh, which comes out a week from uh, a week from Tuesday as well, so that comes out on the first. But let's kind of get into the rest of the stuff here as well. Uh, speaking of Batman Day on uh, yesterday, Batman did join Fortnite. They did add Gotham City and some Batman and Catwoman themed stuff uh, to allow you to play as uh, costumes and and themed weapons and things like this. I, I, uh, I don't remember seeing how long that will that will go for though. And then Kojima keeps hyping up Death Stranding, said that he hopes to make more Death Stranding games or sequels and create what he calls a stranding genre. I guess that's more... Death Stranding is is 
Death is like a subtitle, and Stranding is like the main title, I guess. Uh, and they also released like 105 details, or more, I should say. Uh, that's per IGN, at least, about the game. And almost like it's a, a metaphor for the U.S., they claimed. The weapon is a strand. It looks like a rope, multi-tool. There's non-lethal melee that you use with that weapon. There will be a, a crafting element. You can sneak around almost like in the Metal Gear Solid games. And you can harvest crafting materials. You can make sure that the little baby inside of you is happy. I guess you can carry like a ridiculously sized backpack on, on your back, which is ridiculous. You can get extra boots. You can have ladders. You can place custom markers on the map, check distances. Uh, there is nine stats for your main character. Movement, balance, rugged terrain resistance, sink level, battery capacity, stamina, fatigue resistance, carrying capacity, resistance to falling, unconscious, and lung capacity. So I'm guessing there's swimming elements. Uh, you can call out to other people. There are multiple outfits to wear, customizable co colors and outfits. Uh, you can try and find out if a river is, is swimmable or traversable. You can get swept away. Uh, there is currents that can wipe away your, your cargo, which is interesting. A lot, of, a lot of interesting things that make this game work. And I, I still don't know what it is. I don't think anyone knows what it is really until it comes out. But this game looks intense. The graphics still look great. I mean, it is Kojima. So uh, it does take place in the Uni United States in some capacity. I wonder how big of a map it will be. You can, uh, your shoes will have to be replaced eventually. Uh, you can rest to help your health. I, I just, I'm just looking at all these different things. Uh, post boxes are around the world and you can, or around the game world. You can make deliveries. You can wear like exoskeletons. There's, you can sprint as fast as vehicles to hijack them. Whole lot of other stuff. I mean, uh, IGN put it all together. You can take a look at that. There's hoverboards, I guess. But a whole lot of stuff going on in this game. And I'm just going to wait till it comes out, really, before... I, I don't know. That game's just a... It, it's it's Kojima. I mean, it's it's to be expected, really. But that's Death Stranding. And we're a couple weeks out... A uh, month and a half, I should say, from that, I think. I'm pretty sure that comes out in November at some point. The Entertainment Software Association, or the ESA, has announced that E3 2020 might be very different than what we're what we're normally used to, and uh, it will be E3 2020. They want to turn it into, quote, fan, media, and influencer festival that would feature, quote, Qtainment and a Disney FastPass-style system. Uh, so GameDaily.biz uh, got a hold of some internal documents, I guess, and they propose certain things with influencers and celebrity deals, that tie into this what's called Qtainment, so like being entertained while you're waiting an hours long line to play a game. Like I, one idea is members of the Los Angeles Lakers playing a basketball video game in front of fans or actors competing in a tournament. They also said that the ESA is going to be approving an additional 10,000 gamer badge holders, which brings the total number of consumers up to 25,000 and would potentially lead to an industry only day uh, on a Tuesday to allow adequate time for everyone to, to try out games and things like this. Uh, still not as big as what Gamescom is, which is close to 373,000 people. Um, and they also said a fast, fast pass style element, uh, which would allow users to, quote, register for a demo time window and come back later to avoid waiting for hours at a time for a single game. Again, that doesn't mean that there won't be still long lines. That's where that cutainment stuff comes in. Uh, it, it is also to help market to those in line. This would allow E3 exhibitors to have access to consumer data captured through the app or have captive audience as people wait in line for demos. Uh, also said they want to use the power of social good, suggesting exploiting millennial and Generation Z propensity for giving back. Uh, they also said that they would look at something called experience hubs, uh, which would be exclusive appointment-only activa activations for select attendees who will create buzz and fear of missing out, FOMO. They would also look at paid media partnerships, and which would allow the ESA to control content and the messaging. This is interesting, considering that E3 is kind of dying on the vine at this point. 
Microsoft does their own thing at their own theater, which is right next to E3, even though they're part of E3. Sony famously skipped this year's E3, and EA has now, for the last couple of years, done their own thing several miles away from E3. So it'd be interesting for the ESA to, to really adapt and evaluate the future and see what, what can be done to keep E3 the preeminent gaming news venue in the United States. Rockstar Games has announced that they will be launching their own software launcher, uh, as, as many other companies have been doing lately. Obviously, Steam exists, the Epic Game Store... The Activision has had their own Blizzard launcher for quite a while now, uh, Battle.net. And now Rockstar's getting getting into the fray, which is leading some people to assume that a Red Dead Redemption 2 on PC announcement is coming soon. Uh, famously, Grand Theft Auto V didn't release on PC for uh, about six to seven months after uh, the initial release. And and we're getting closer and closer. I mean, we're, we're over a year at this point from from Red Dead 2, or we're approaching a year, so I, it wouldn't shock me to see if, if it came out a lot, a lot later. But of course, no official word yet. We got a new Pokemon announced. His name is Sir Fetched, and it confirms all the leaks, saying that we would get a far-fetched evolution in this new uh, Pokemon game, Sword and Shield. Sir Fetched is exclusive to Pokemon Sword, so if you do want to get him, you'll, you'll have to make sure you get both games. Or at least have a friend, uh, at least have a friend that will have sword. Uh, so it's it's clearly an evolved form of Farfetch'd, but it's all white. It has a shield, and instead of just holding a leak, the leak is now fully grown and looks like a like a spear or a sword of some sort. Uh, it's official information. Uh, it says it's two feet seven inches, two hundred fifty-seven pounds. Holy shit! And uh, this is the official word on it. The far-fetched of the Galar region can evolve into Sir-fetched after experiencing many battles. They are calm and collected and make a point of always battling fairly. They are so noble in battle that they are often chosen as a motif for paintings. Of particular note is a painting, famous in the Galar region, that depicts a duel between a Sir-fetched and an Escavalier. In battle, Sir-fetched uses a sharp stalk of its leek as a lance and the thick leaves as a shield. It maintains this leak over the span of many years and treasures it more than anything. When its leak finally withers, Surfetched will leave the battlefield and retire from battling entirely. Interesting. So more and more of the leak that came out months ago is, is proving to be true, which cautions me to wonder what else will end up being true. Not everything's been true, but a lot of it has been true. So it'll be interesting to see how that really, really actually plays out. I'm, I'm excited. We're, again, two months, just uh, two months shy of release of Pokemon Sword and Shield. The previously announced John Wick Hex game, which is uh, a somewhat of a strategy game, will release next month on October 8th, so uh, just over a week. And also announced, Narcos is getting a video, ga video game adaptation called Narcos Rise of the Cartels. Uh, you'll play, uh, it's an XCOM-like strategy game, and uh, it will, looks like it focuses on Pena and... Murphy. Uh, do not like the voice actors, though. They got some, like, half-assed ones to, to kind of take over. But that's what happened there. And then Bioware announced, uh, no surprise here, uh, to, considering how poorly the launch went for this game, uh, Bioware has announced that they are abandoning current post-launch plans for Anthem. Uh, their head of live service, Chad Robertson, said in a live, uh, in a blog post, I should say, that... Uh, in order to address, this is quote, in order to address these long-range plans, we are moving away from the axe structure for updates. Instead, we have an additional, we have additional season updates planned for this year that we think players will enjoy. These events will deliver challenges and chases similar to what you've seen and are built around some fun themes we're bringing to the game. Which really sucks, I guess, but they're going to focus on combat balancing, uh, reward crates, tips in load screens to better explain catechism mechanic, cataclysm mechanics. Uh, he also said, We hear your concerns on core issues in Anthem and are acting on it. Those systems require a more thorough review and are reworking versus quick fixes. We've got a team working on that now, and early results are promising. In order to address these long-range plans, we are moving... Oh, and I... But, yeah, it's really shitty that that's happening, because um, they were hoping for, like, a 10-year plan on that game. 
but it launched in a broken state. It launched as a bare bones, almost as bad as as almost as bad as what what Google, uh, not Google, what Destiny did. And the only problem is we're a, uh, eight months removed from Anthem's launch, and they have not made any quality of life changes really, at least none that were big enough to get people back. Sad day for Bioware. Hopefully they don't get shuttered, and hopefully they get to work on a new Mass Effect that will bring the studio back to glory, or a new Star Wars The Old Republic. I mean, Knights of the Old Republic, I should say. I'll take either one, really. Really will. Uh, Also announced is a Terminator Resistance game. Uh, Will release on November 15th, same day as the movie, if I'm not mistaken, or around that. And you get to play a member of the Resistance, helping John Connor fight the Terminators. Movie tie-in games are always great, aren't they? <laughs> EA and Respawn Entertainment announced that a new character, uh, new Apex Legend, will be joining Apex Legends when the new season launches. Also announced Minecraft will be getting a character creator, which I thought they already had. I guess they didn't. And that's it for video game news. Kind of ended there with a dud there, didn't we? But hey, yeah, I mean, it's all the games are going to start releasing, so we'll have more stuff to talk about as, as we get closer and closer to the winter season. But let's jump right in. Oh, excuse me. I spoke too soon. This is coming in right now, actually. Um, Some people noticed WB Montreal was posting yesterday for Batman Day, and they were posting subversive images on top of a bat signal on the side of a building, hinting at a possible new Batman game. And Scott Snyder then backed it up, tweeting something about the Court of Owls, and one of the symbols they posted looked a lot like a lot like a, a, a Talon symbol. Talon, the newest one of the newest villains, along with the Court of Owls. So now people think that we're getting a new Batman game soon. And granted, unfortunately, it's, it's WB Montreal, who I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of them. Arkham Origins was one of was not. I was not a huge fan of. Uh, yes, it was a, a, a decent Batman game, but it was nowhere near what Rocksteady was able to achieve with with their Batman games. And uh, it, it seemed kind of like off. It didn't really match the story completely. But nonetheless, it, was, it, was, it wasn't bad. Like I said, it, it was okay for me. Granted, if they were going to do something on their own, I, I can totally buy into that. Uh, Court of Owls is probably one of the best regarded Batman stories to be introduced with the new 52 Scott Snyder totally hit it out of the park with that, and it, it's it's something I can jump behind, and and we'll, obviously we'll see if, if anything new uh, comes out this week after the announcement for Batman Day. But clearly we know uh, we know that it's not Rocksteady's new game, uh, and now speculation will run wild on if they're really going to make what their next game will be. Will it be Batman? Will it be Superman? Will it be Justice League? But but who knows? But on to the television and uh i i did i think i touched on this last week but uh, we got a surprise announcement that the battle of big rock which was a jurassic world short film would be released on sunday night last week uh, so this is a short film that was supposed to be released with with hobbs and shaw uh, and it was actually directed by colin trevorrow uh, trevor trevorrow excuse me that's how you say his name and it, it essentially takes place a year after Fallen Kingdom and sets up the premise of dinosaurs living in our world. It's a short, it's about eight minutes long, but it was able to capture the spirit of Jurassic World and Jurassic Park amazingly. And it, it it's, um, it's a good thing that Trevorrow is back for the third Jurassic World film. Uh, it's still unfortunate that he got kicked off of, of Episode Nine for Star Wars, but clearly Jurassic World is more his wheelhouse. Uh, granted, he did direct the first Jurassic World, and this one is about a Nasutoceratops, uh, which is like a bull-like looking dinosaur, facing off against an Allosaurus in a park where people are camped out. And it was all dark, so the CG they didn't have to be perfect on it, but it, it looked amazing. I guess there was an animatronic version of the dinosaur, which I couldn't even tell. It looked so good. And honestly, this makes me very excited to see where um, where this goes 
in in the future. I'm excited to see what happens with um with the third Jurassic World film, which is a year um a year and a half out. I think it's coming out in in 2021, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so uh, that that gives me hope, and he did it perfectly, and I, I'm very 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 happy to see um, to see where it goes. And I'd give it like a ten out of ten if you ask me. Uh, it's available to watch online. Uh, it was on the FX network, but then they immediately put it on Twitter and everything like that. And it it's definitely worth it's definitely worth watching. Like I said, it's only about eight minutes. It's not too long. Definitely check that out, especially if you like dinosaurs and you like the Jurassic World series and things like this. The dinosaurs are beautifully crafted in it, and it, it it's definitely something, definitely something worth worth checking out. But that happened last week, and now it's available online to view at at your pleasure. But we also got some big Arrowverse crossover news, and this is a big one. Tom Welling is coming back to portray Clark Kent in the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover. You heard that correctly. Tom Welling will be back as Clark Kent in the Arrowverse crossover. And not to be alone, uh, Erica Durance, who played Lois Lane in Smallville will be returning to play Lois Lane again in the crossover, meaning we will have three Supermen or three Clark Kents, if you will, uh, with Tom Welling, Tyler Hoechlin, who plays him on Supergirl, and of course, um, Brandon Routh playing a Kingdom Come version of Superman. And then we'll have, I can't think of the actress's name, but the actress who plays Lois Lane on uh, 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 Supergirl will repl- re- reprise her role as Lewis Lane in the crossover, and now Erica Durance. A lot of soup love coming in, which makes kind of sense considering that um, Superman was very important and integral to the story of uh, uh, of of the. I can't talk today. <laughs> Superman was very integral in the story of Crisis on Infinite Earths. We'll see how they change things up, considering Superman isn't really a major factor in the Arrowverse. And the focus... Well, granted, Barry Allen was a a very important character as well in the original storyline. It seems like they're going to be shifting a lot of that onto to Oliver uh, in in the crossover. But we'll we'll see as uh, we're getting closer to that, which is supposed to air in December and January. Uh, Netflix released a trailer for its new show, Daybreak, which is a post-apocalyptic TV show focused on teenagers, which opens the door for so many different shenanigans. It looks like a Mad Max-type world, a Zombieland-type world. I'm all for it, and that releases later next month. And then Netflix had probably one of the biggest bombs drop last week. They are getting Seinfeld in an, in what is reported to be a near $500 million deal. They will be the exclusive streaming partner of every episode of Seinfeld starting in 2021 after the deal with Hulu expires. And it's very fitting considering they're going to be losing The Office and Friends over the next two years. So, man... That's a that's a huge thing, and that's a huge big win for them. Um, also announced and kind of swept under the rug, but Seinfeld will be leaving TBS, and will be uh, all reruns will be airing on Viacom networks starting in 2021 as well. Um, and speaking of of NBC shows like The Office and the and Friends leaving, um, leaving Netflix. NBC announced their streaming service called Peacock, and it will uh, be home to NBC Universal. And uh, it's stated it's slated to launch in April 2020. Obviously, a competitor to HBO Max and and things like this. Uh, They will have their own lineup of programming, as well as uh, movies from Universal and 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 things like this. 
already announced is a Battlestar Galactica reboot already. It seems so soon from the creator of Mr. Robot. Uh, Saved by the Bell reboot, which will star Mario Lopez and Elizabeth Banks, focusing on where Zack is now governor of California. Uh, somehow, Mark Paul, Gosselaar, Mark Paul Gosselaar is not in the show, despite the fact that his character is heavily referenced and influenced. Uh, it will have The Office, other classic NBC shows. Um, also, a, a show called Dr. Death with uh, Jamie Dornan and Alec Baldwin. Uh, Brave New World, based off the Aldous Huxley book with, with Demi Moore. Excuse me, can't talk. Uh, some kind of show called Straight Talk uh, with Rashida Jones and Jada Pinkett Smith. Uh, obviously, different Universal movies like E.T., Back to the Future, Casino, Dallas Buyers Club, the Fast and the Furious movies, and the Bourne movies. Uh, Dreams Wor- DreamWorks animation stuff like Shrek, How to Train Your Dragon will be there. A Psych movie, uh, like the show Psych. Uh, Jimmy Fallon will have original talk show series. Uh, like I said, uh, oh, a new show called Rutherford Falls, which will star Ed Helms. Uh, a documentary series based off Saturday Night Live. AP Bio, surprisingly, which I thought was canceled, but it's actually coming back. One of my favorite comedies of the last couple of years will be on the streaming service. It will get a third season there. Uh, like I said, The Office, Parks and Recreation will be there. Everybody Loves Raymond, Frasier, 30 Rock Cheers will be on the service as well. Uh, Punky Brewster, an older show. Bravo programming, including The Real Housewives. And it will have its own successful... It will have its own uh, spinoff show. And uh, that's what's been announced so far. So be on the lookout for that in April. No pricing has been announced yet, um, but that launches next year. Obviously called the Peacock because NBC's logo is the tail of a peacock, which, yeah. Bung, 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 NBC. Amazon has announced, and much to the pure enjoyment of all the fans, that its Lord of the Rings series will be filming in Middle-earth itself, New Zealand. wonder if they'll use the Hobbitown sets that are left. But that will create some awesome continuity with the Jackson films, even though they're going to be a little separate. Uh, and it, it, New Zealand's a beautiful country, and it only makes sense to keep it as the, the, the setting of, of Middle-earth, because that's what people have come to know it as. And it'd be a disservice if they, if they didn't film there. Uh, speaking of streaming services, HBO... And Warner announced that the Boondocks reimagining series, as long as well as, excuse me, as the original series, will be streaming on HBO Max when that launches later next year. Also teased for Titans that Dick Grayson will formally transition from Robin to Nightwing in the series uh, at some point in season two, as uh, we get right along to that. Season two just started uh, about two weeks ago, so I'm sure we, we got some time before that happens. And then John Favreau was being interviewed, and he said that if he got the chance, he would totally make a new Star Wars holiday special for Disney+. Plus. Uh, if you didn't know, um, the Star Wars holiday special is, is something that was aired in 1978 on, I, I want to say, ABC or, or some channel back in the day. And George Lucas has since made sure that no official copy exists you can only get like bootleg copies and things like this online or uh, at like fairs or conventions and things like this and also sometimes you can get stuff on on youtube but it's very rare Um, it it does hold a special place in some people's hearts it's obviously not canon any longer and uh, but that is something that john favreau said he would like to make and I'm sure if, if The Mandalorian does well, they'll give him carte blanche to do such a thing. And just a little bit of last TV news here to round things out. George R.R. R. Martin has confirmed the existence of another prequel series for Game of Thrones. This one is going to be focused on the Targaryens, uh, like Fire and Blood, like the, the prequel book that was written about them. And 
more than likely take place before the show, um, but after The Long Night, which is the other prequel series. I guess they filmed the pilot, and it's in post-production now. Uh, my guess is that this would come out after uh, uh, The Long Night or concurrent with it, where maybe they would take a year off with each one. I'm guessing. I'm just speculating at this point. Or maybe it might not get picked up, or maybe it will go to HBO Max. Who knows? But that's what's being tossed around right now in the Game of Thrones and HBO world. But, again, we don't really know anything about it other than that the pilot's filmed. But uh, that that's it. Um, before we get into movies, as always, at the end of a month, we talk about Netflix and what's going and coming to the network. Uh, what's leaving Netflix on October 1st includes AI, Cloverfield, uh, Evolution, the funny movie with uh, David Duchovny. I forgot his name there for a second. Gremlins, Pineapple Express, and Platoon. Uh, SAO, uh, Part 2, or C SAO Season 2, Part 1 is leaving Netflix on the 9th of October. I know it's still on Hulu, though. And then The Imitation Game is leaving on October 29th. Joining Netflix that next month is Bad Boys 1 and 2, Good Burger, Men in Black 2, Oceans uh, 12 and 13, Sin City, Supergirl, the movie from the 80s, Superman Returns, The Island, the awesome movie with Ewan McGregor and, and uh, Scarlett Johansson, Big Mouth Season, uh, that's all on October 1st, Big Mouth Season 3 comes October 4th. The Breaking Bad movie, El Camino, premieres on October 11th. The first Men in Black comes on October 19th. Daybreak, that show I was talking about earlier, comes to Netflix on October 24th. And Raging Bull to cap out the month on October 31st. Now, that's just a sampling of things, as I've always said. It's not everything. You can find those lists online. I just kind of touch on things that I know my audience might like and things that I would talk about and enjoy if those movies had come out when, uh, or if I was doing a podcast when those movies were coming out, exact, uh, essentially. Let's kind of get into movie news here. Um, damn it, I, like I said, I, I can't believe October's here next week, which is insane to think about. Um, anyway, uh, Todd Phillips was being interviewed essentially saying don't expect there to be a sequel to Joker. It's not about world building. It's about telling a story. It's it's not meant to set up a universe. It's not meant to connect to a universe. It, it's, it's just meant to tell a story about the Joker in um, in Gotham and, and how he affects things and, and, and things like that. It, it's not... Um, like I said, it, it's not anything we should be concerned about I don't I didn't expect a sequel I didn't expect it to be world building in any shape or form but like I said I people who thought there might be thinks it's it's a little little weird I, at least I think so just despite how well it does just if it or if it doesn't do well don't expect a sequel regardless of the situation Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson have both confirmed their involvement in the next Ghostbusters film. Uh, no surprise there. Uh, they were both pretty open about it, despite the fact that things seem kind of secret revolving around the movie. Um, but they will be in it. It does come out next year. I'm sure that's going to start filming soon. Uh, also, rumors flying around. So last weekend was the Saturn Awards, which is a, a sci-fi awards show uh, hosted by... The sci-fi community, movies, games, or not games, but movies, television shows, things like this. And Deadline is reporting, Deadline is reporting that Robert Downey Jr. will apparently cameo or have some sort of an involvement in the Black Widow movie. Uh, this has not been confirmed by Marvel, so it, it take that with a grain of salt. I know Deadline is pretty reputable, but still, you have to still just think about that and not take it at face value just yet. I'd be excited. That makes sense. Black Widow is a prequel. It does take place before Infinity War and Endgame. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not surprised in the slightest. 
Uh, also got news that Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell are teaming up for a musical reimagining of the Christmas Carol movie. Uh, we seem to be get we seem to get a remake of the Christmas Carol every, every few years. Uh, not really shocking at at all. Um, I mean, people like to to make that movie and put their own different spin on it. I think the last major one that came out was the Jim Carrey one from Disney. That was a little unsettling for a lot of people, but Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds musical, all in, <laughs> all fucking in for sure. Uh, we also got a poster for the Birds of Prey movie or the Emancipation of fa Fabulous something Harley Quinn, all the other subtitle this on it, and it looks glorious. It it is. Harley Quinn is the main star of the film, clearly. Uh, but then it also shows uh, all the other characters like floating around her head like she's imagining them. Pretty, pretty, pretty fucking funny. Looks really cool. You get a good look at the characters. Uh, unfortunately, Black Mask is not wearing his mask, so it's, uh, it's a little upsetting there, to say the least. But... I'm excited to see where it goes. I hope a, the, the an actual trailer drops soon. Um, not just... Um, not just uh, the one that came out before it. But I mean like a legitimate actual trailer. Because that, that um, would do well to quell the concerns and fears of, of a lot of people. And that's something I'm looking forward to for sure. Because uh, that movie comes out early next year, so I'm sure marketing will will start to pick up soon. Um, also got our first look at the Superman Red Sun movie. Uh, this is going to be a animated adaptation of the comic book that Mark Miller did in the early 2000s. An alternate reality where Superman's rocket crash lands in the Ukraine and he becomes a hero of the Soviet Union. And... That is essentially what, what's happening there. And uh, what's, what's I'm looking here. Uh, they announced the cast. We also got an image. Uh, Jason Isaacs will be playing Superman. Uh, Diedrich Bader is playing Lex Luthor, which is funny because he was Batman on the Brave and the Bold for a long time. Uh, and then Roger Craig Smith, a notable voice actor, will actually be playing ba Batman. It's not his second time playing Batman. He did play Batman in the Arkham Origins game, um, as uh, we were talking about that earlier today. Uh, and then we also got news that a Funko movie... No, it's not happening. I'm kidding. Uh, it's possible, though. Warner Brothers has optioned the rights to Funko... Um, don't don't get worried just yet. It does, doesn't mean that it's actually being made into a movie. It just means that it, it's possible that they may want to make a movie. Uh, no guarantee, though. And uh, it, it, it is something that would probably come out in the next few years if they do it. I mean, they're turning every toy property into a movie at this point. I mean, hell, they made Pl Playmobil into a movie, for God's sakes. It's uh, like the opposite of the Lego movie, though. But... Uh, th that's a thing now that we have to worry about. And before we talk about uh, some other news and then cap off with the Ad Astra review, uh, Carrie Elwes, star of The Princess Bride, uh, got wind that uh, the Hollywood Reporter or Variety reported that some big names in Hollywood want to remake The Princess Bride, um, which I think would be a, a terrible mistake, as, as along with a lot of other celebrities, um, said that it, 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 Hollywood doesn't have a lot of perfect movies right now, I'm paraphrasing here, and, and it would be a shame to remake one of the few that it does have. And, and I agree. Uh, and, and Chris Miller of Chris Miller and Phil Lord, you know, Lord Miller, 21 Jump Street, Lego Movie, things like this, um, was like, he tweeted out like, hey guys, it's not us, and uh, I don't think it should be done either. So some big names in comedy are, are also coming out against it, and I, I don't think The Princess Bride should be remade. I, I, hope, I hope the people thinking about it reconsider, because The Princess Bride is something that a lot of people, 
a lot of people cherish from their childhood and and it's a lot of people's favorite movie and it, it it's almost like Star Wars like you don't remake a movie like that like like I've said before Casablanca has never been remade Gone with the Wind has never been remade you don't make movies that are considered perfect like ever and and there's a reason for that and I don't think that The Princess Bride should be remade at all. It's it's a it's an, a near perfect film. And if you've never seen it, you need to go watch it now. Just to touch on some things before we get to the Ad Astra review. Uh, a new creative team was announced for Batman with it being Batman Day on Saturday. Uh, James Tynion the 4th and Tony S Daniel will be taking over the Batman series in January with issue 86. The issue will then re, uh, go back to being a once monthly comic and no longer a twice monthly so be on the lookout for that uh, they do have some history with batman so it's in good hands and then uh, some other news uh warner brothers also announced or dc announced i should say is that john carpenter will be writing a joker comic uh, for dc black label which should come out later in the year and then uh sticking with comics news here a bit uh, Star Wars, this ongoing Star Wars series at Marvel will be coming to an end later this year uh, with a crossover that essentially leads into Empire Strikes Back. So uh, if you're unaware, the Marvel Star Wars main comic, not one of the offshoots or anything, has essentially been largely taking place between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. So about almost, uh, when did Marvel get the license? Six, five or six years ago, I want to say. Um, Disney purchased it in 2012 and, uh, around 2015 about, I think is when Marvel finally took over from Dark Horse. And this whole time they've been in between episode four and five, which was about, uh, three years, if I'm not mistaken, in canon. And I'm sure they've been staying away between Empire Strikes Back and, uh, Return of the Jedi because that's mainly just a, a year time frame, so... Uh, you you want to flesh out a longer period of time in comics as opposed to a shorter period of time. Um, the theory is now that that they'll go to post Empire. Uh, other people want it to be post Return of the Jedi because that that time, the thirty or so years between Jedi and and Force Awakens is still not very fleshed out either. There's there's very few books that do that. It's mostly stuff that's right before Force Awakens or right after Return of the Jedi. Um, some people are, are are hoping that they would almost do a, a redo of um, Shadows of the Empire, you know, with Prince Zizor and, and Dash Rendar and things like this. Now, I, I don't know if, if that's going to be the case, bringing some more old canon into new canon. And I, I just, I, I don't know. But it'll be interesting to see where it goes from, from here. Honestly, I, I don't read the main Star Wars comic. I, I From my understanding, it's always been not the best of the Marvel Star Wars. I've stuck to Vader and Dr. Aphra and some of the the off the one-offs. But maybe I'll pick it up now that it's done and I can just get them all in an, in an omnibus or, or select volumes and just make it easier. But who knows? We'll see. We'll see what happens. And uh, a new day is dawning, if you will. But let's get to uh, the main story tonight, and that is the my review of Ad Astra. Uh, it's the new Brad Pitt film from 20th Century Fox, uh, co-starring Tommy Lee Jones and Donald Sutherland and some other... Uh, uh, Ruth Negga, I think is, is how you say her name. A uh, lot, lot of big names in this movie, and surprisingly underutilized a lot of the other names they might try to sell you on which which is fine it's not a huge deal i went for brad pitt this movie uh so so spoilers could possibly follow i'll, I'll try to keep them to a minimum here um so just just be on be aware that that there is spoilers you can come back towards the end of the episode for any other things but it, essentially the, the show's ending now um, if you want to listen to Ad Astra, I'm going to talk about the movie. If you don't, I'll see you guys next week. You know the usual. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. 
go to nixnerdnews.com. Anyway, right now, as it stands, Ad Astra is my favorite movie of the year. And I'm not kidding. Uh, it's a slow burn, though. So if, if you're not into slow movies, you're probably not going to like it. Uh, it 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 makes you think a lot. Like it it is a existential crisis type movie. A lot of voiceover work from Brad Pitt. Uh, there it, it and it it's very grounded. This is a world that I would want to live in. It's sometime in the near future. At least that's how they they start the movie off. I would peg it in probably the next forty to fifty years. You know, there's a moon base. That's essentially like an airport. There's a subway. There's other trinkets. Hell, when uh, the scene that you've probably seen online a lot, where there's a like a chase on the moon with with moon rovers, there's a there's a AAA sticker on 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 one of the hubcaps or on the one of the wheel wells, I should say, on on the on the on the rover. But this is a world that makes sense where the uh, where the the moon essentially is is a, is the world's next battleground. Like there's not safe spaces on the moon. There's pirates on the moon. War is going on. Uh, there's st- secret bases on the dark side. Uh, there's there's a, a penal colony built on 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 Mars, and and it's also got regular colony. And and people are have been born and grown up on the moon. So. That's why I say in 40, 50 years, because there's characters that are in clearly in their uh, late 30s to early 40s who are the ones that grew up on the moon. So this is clearly getting closer to the end of the century. But it, it, it's a world that feels lived in. It's a world that feels real. It's not too far removed from our reality. People are still driving cars. NASA's still a thing. Hell, they're, it's, they're part of the Space Force. That uh, our United States Space Command, which is allegedly becoming a thing, and it, it's what that's what got me the the most is that it all feels real. I mean, the, these people that are going on these different trips to space, they have to keep giving like mental evaluations. They have to keep checking in. They at every stop, they make sure that you're not something's not wrong with your body. That that everything's healthy. And, and it, it, it makes sense because obviously someone who's going to be going on these long trips that are days long and months long in some cases, you definitely want to make sure that everyone's mental stability is, is, is good. Otherwise, you don't want a crazy person locked with you in a space shuttle or a, a spacecraft for a X amount of days. Like that, That's not going to be good for anything. There, there's even a scene uh, where they go to this space station or a, a research outpost that's owned by another country, and they go in and like shit goes down. Like I'm, I'm not gonna say exactly what, but it, it involves uh, monkeys in some capacity and 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 mandrakes. But th- there's a lot of uncertainty that that can happen in space. This this movie is very grounded for the most part, uh, except for some science fiction type things, which obviously are needed to some degree to, to move the plot forward and to explain our, our reaching the farthest edges of our our little solar system here. But it, it's all still very grounded. It's still very real. And uh, I've seen some comparisons making it seem like a, uh, a heart of darkness or... Uh, the book, or at least known as Apocalypse Now, the movie, uh, in 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 space, and and that's a very fitting, uh, a fitting comparison. But it it's really odd, you know. You look at the the tomato score on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's eighty three percent critics, forty two percent audience, which is which is jarring. It's almost opposite of 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 Rambo, but. Personally, I I loved the film. I like I said, I, I think it's definitely Oscar worthy. I, I I'm saying best picture at least for me. I, it's my favorite film of the year, and and that's even going up against Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I thought was one of the best movies of the year. But it it's definitely worth 
worth watching, especially if you like movies that make you think. Movies that uh, it, it's not a it's not a blockbuster. That's not what it is. It's a, it's a it's a great it's a well written movie. It, it's just a great cinematic masterpiece. Uh, there's a lot of cool things that they do with the camera work, and and the script is well written. And I I just would urge a lot of people to watch this movie. It reminds me a lot of Arrival too. That was a slow burn. It made you think. It wasn't what you expected, and that's what Ad Astra is. And I, I think people were going in too much. Um, I think people were going in too much expecting certain things, and I, I think they didn't get what they expected, and and that's the other problem. And in the movie, the advertisements don't really sell it that well, but. I wasn't expecting something like that. I could kind of tell just from from the movie that it was going to be a serious movie. It wasn't going to be anything crazy over the top. And and I didn't set my expectations any higher than they needed to be. I didn't set them any lower than they needed to be. I, I And I came out a lot happier than what I thought. And, and that's what what excited me the most. And I, I can't wait to watch this movie again in maybe when it comes out or something like that. But it, it's definitely a movie I would recommend to a lot of people to check out. I thought it was amazing. Like I said, my movie of the year. It's 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 different, and that's what's good about it. And that's why I, I would definitely recommend it. It's ten out of ten for me. One hundred percent a ten out of ten movie. And I really hope it, it, it kills it in the awards next season because one of the best dramas that's come out in a long time and I cannot I cannot wait to see how it, how it all plays out. But again, it, it's, it makes you think. It makes you think about what a possible future in space will be for the planet and how that will affect us and make us fight over resources again. It will make you think about the the future as a whole and how it could be both a good and bad thing for humanity. And overall, it, it's just it's a, a a thinking movie, and and it, it's good to go see one of those every once in a while. And I really hope that it wins Brad an award. I hope that it it leads to best picture nomination, things like this. And and that's what I'm saying right now. Like I said, ten out of ten, my movie of the year as of right now. But that's it for Nick's Nerd News. Uh, as always, check out nicksnerdnews.com where you can find all our social media pages like Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, you can also listen to the show right there in your browser, current, new, and old episodes. Or if you prefer to listen on the go, you can find links to our Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes pages. Otherwise, that's it for Nick's Nerd News. I am your host, Nick. Thank you guys for listening, and I will catch you all on the flip side.